As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Phillies just lost a GM and now one of their sluggers, and it's already time to talk 2021 drafts. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have That's not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Tuesday, October 6th. I'm Al Melkier, and I'm here with Derek Van Riper and DVR. Already, um, it's it's not been a very long postseason so far, but an eventful one, an eventful few days for the Phillies, um, letting Matt Klentak go as their GM, and uh, now some big injury news. Reese Hoskins, who missed the last couple of weeks of the season with an elbow issue, well, now we know that it required Tommy John surgery. He had the procedure done last Friday. And it's expected to be out four to six months, which uh, actually is not as bad as I would have expected. It's his left elbow, so it's his non-throwing elbow. So, uh, you know, compared to, say, Didi Gregorius, uh, it could be a, you know, relatively rapid return. Yeah, I always wonder with hitters coming back from Tommy John surgery, how much are their swings compromised when they come back? And it's so few players to look back at that it's hard to really draw a meaningful conclusion based on past data. At least that's what I've found when I've looked at it in the past. Uh, Fortunately, you know, a six-month timetable at least gives Hoskins a chance to be ready around the time the season starts. If it ends up being the shorter end of that four- to six-month window, that would give him a shot at something that resembles a normal sort of spring training. Uh, I think the problem would be if you're drafting early for 2021, there's no real reason to take on extra risk right now. If he falls into the 20th round or something, sure, at that point, why not? You know, you look at him as a what could go right sort of player. But I think you do want to wait until we get further into draft season until he starts to make some progress in his rehab before we get a better feel for just where in that range his timetable is going to carry him. Well, you know, I I don't really think there's another way to look at this because uh, you know, even though first base isn't as deep as it used to be, I I just you know between this season and last season, I think Hoskins just doesn't quite stand up to the the top players at the position. And yet, like you say, uh, a lot could go right for him and could be uh, you know a 
a big value uh, with a late pick. So, you know, that's definitely, I think, the way to look at it. But I think it's maybe a little bit more tricky, maybe if you've got him in a dynasty league and maybe you got him a couple years ago when maybe you had to pay a lot for him. If, you know, it's a situation where you're, you're having to keep him at a certain value or for a certain draft pick. Uh, you know, I, I think he then he might be a candidate to to be let go. Possibly, yeah. I mean, I think in keep everyone sorts of leagues, you'd probably still hold them because the playing time looks pretty safe. But in leagues where you keep 10 or keep 15 players and you're talking about maybe a 12 or a 15 team league, he's not a lock to be held because I don't think he's necessarily a top 200 overall player at this point in time. I think there's clearly some batting average risk. We haven't seen him come really anywhere too close to that 259 we saw from him as a rookie, and that was only in 50 games. He's been in the 226 to 246 range now the last three seasons. He gets a lift in OBP leagues, of course, so you got to make sure you're adjusting accordingly there because the walk rate is outstanding, but he just doesn't appear to have the ceiling that we thought he might have had back in that 2017 debut. I think he's a really difficult player to figure out, uh, but I, I do see... In certain circumstances, I do see a player who will probably end up being undervalued in 2021. Well, and I'm glad you made that distinction between OBP leagues and batting average leagues, or even if you're talking about a points format where the uh, you know the really good walk to strikeout ratio is going to enhance Hoskins' value. Um, this past season, he actually had a, a pretty impressive slash line through September 1st: 269, 433, 529, and you could write off that next week and a half or so due to, you know, maybe there he was having an issue with the, the elbow already at that point. Um, it's obviously speculation and, and hard to say what was going on there. But also that batting average, he had kind of a, a close to normal BABIP through that that point, and he just never profiles like somebody who, who should hit around 300 on balls in play. So uh, the, the OBP is definitely uh, attractive, but I, I'm not buying any kind of good batting average from him right he hits a ton of fly balls hits a lot of infield fly balls and he doesn't run well so he does pretty much everything you can do with a batted ball profile to ensure the batting average cannot get above that 260 265 range and more likely he's going to be somewhere in that range we've seen over these last three seasons yeah so that you know i think in that sense we we have a pretty good indication of what hoskins will give you um once he's fully healthy so uh, we were back to playoffs after what just seemed like an interminable uh, <laughs> hiatus of, of two days. Um, we're uh, now at the divisional series stage and uh, a pitch, pitching performance of, of note on Monday, but not really in a good way, was Lance McCullers lasting just four innings, giving up five runs, four earned uh, on three home runs. Uh, so I saw an interesting poll on Monday, DVR on Twitter. Um and it was from Michael Simeone, and the, the and I'm paraphrasing the poll here, but it was along the lines of which Astros starter would you target first, or you know who would you plan on drafting first? And McCullers, not surprisingly, did win that poll, but it was a pretty narrow margin. Uh, he got 42.8 percent, and Framber Valdez 32.3 percent, um, and Valdez is slated to start for the Astros on Tuesday, so. Uh, do you think it should be that close? It's a great question. I mean, I think you can talk yourself into probably any one of Valdez, McCullers, Christian Javier, or Jose Urquidy at similar prices, believe it or not. I think you're going to see McCullers, I would assume, probably is the first off the board of the bunch, but not by much. I think the injury history alone 
gives you a lot to be worried about with the workload over any full season. And that doesn't even account for any extra concerns we have about pitchers in general coming off of the shortened season. Uh, but you look at him skills-wise compared to Framber Valdez. Lance McCullers walked more hitters this season than Valdez did. Uh, similar ground ball rates, similar strikeout rates, pretty similar skills across the board with those two guys. And Valdez doesn't have as scary an injury history. Christian Javier had more of a home run issue, but I think also has stuff that compares more favorably to McCullers. So if the command continues to improve, you could make an argument that he'll bring that home run rate down a bit and possibly bring strikeouts along with it. And he's not that far off. The FIP on, on Javier at 528 is probably going to keep his price down relative to Valdez and McCullers. And then Urquidy, he missed so much time this year from being on the COVID IL. I don't know if he could really take anything he did over his five regular season starts and count it at all going into 2021. It seems like a completely lost regular season for him. Uh, so maybe because you got a, a better look at McCullers in the past, like that's the thing that separates him. But based on skills and uh, actual projections, I, I don't think there's going to be that much of a gap between McCullers and the field. Yeah, I, I know that just uh, kind of surprised me seeing it that way. But you know, I think if, if nothing else, and, and you mentioned this, that the injury risk certainly brings him back to the field. Um, and it's, you know, you're looking maybe for a little bit more safety and security uh, at that point in the draft. So yeah, something I need to rethink, certainly in terms of my assessment of McCullers relative to, uh, to Valdez. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. DVR, you have uh, already embarked on your first draft, and this is one you're playing out, uh, correct? Yeah, this one counts. So, uh, I mean, I'm uh, involved with the two early mocks. Uh, that's actually just gotten underway for uh, for my league, and uh, all of them just started this weekend. But, uh, yeah, you're drafting for real. So, uh, I thought it'd be fun and interesting to to break this down. So, before we uh, you know look at maybe some of the the picks from the earlier rounds. Um, what are your thoughts and impressions of the team that uh, you and, and Todd Zola have assembled so far? You know, it's kind of the prototypical get pitching early, use older established hitters in the middle rounds, and then sprinkle in the occasional young player or two sort of mindset. I, I think the, the hardest decision to make was actually in the first round. I think, Juan Soto at eight feels like a bargain in in some terms, but yet choosing him over Christian Yelich or Trey Turner, it's not as easy as you might think. And 
I think the weird thing about this year, so far anyway, and we'll learn a lot more about it as we do more drafts, there is a ton of recency bias, which you'd expect in a draft that started as the regular season came to an end. But I thought people would take the 60-game season with the necessary grain of salt. And I thought we'd see a little less recency bias than usual. Somehow it feels worse than usual. So just look at the different things that other teams have done in the early rounds. That's really surprised me. I'm curious to see how much this ends up kind of being the foundation of NFBC ADP. There are a lot of very good NFBC players in this particular draft. And no one really has clear-cut rankings now for next season. People have a loose idea what they want to do, and they're working on the prep, and these are very good players who are going to be as prepared as anybody for a draft at this time. But you kind of look at it and you go, okay, upon further review, how many of these guys go as early as they did in the first five or six rounds? And I I think it's, I think about two-thirds of the players are approximately where they're going to go, and like a third of them got jumped up too high just based on what happened over 60 games. Yeah, that's been my impression too, just looking at the two early mock ADP um, and some of the picks in my league as well. Uh, Is there one that stands out in your league uh, where you just thought, um, you know, that maybe a little bit more caution was merited? I was surprised to see DJ LeMahieu as a first rounder. I think you can look at the numbers and start to make a case for him. I think we talked about him a little bit on yesterday's show, being kind of the elite of the elite at second base. I mean, 10 homers in 50 games, a 364 average on the heels of a 327 with 26 homers and over 100 runs and over 100 RBIs a year ago. Clearly, he's reached you know another level during his time with the Yankees. And it's going to be interesting to see if LeMahieu re-ups in New York or if he leaves as a free agent. And if he leaves as a free agent, how much do you trust his power to play in a different park where you know the short porch usually benefits pull lefties at Yankee Stadium, but we've seen the numbers. I think Mike Petriello was the first to point this out a couple of years ago. LeMahieu goes the other way with power, so he benefits from that short porch as well. Other parks are not going to fit him as well as Yankee Stadium, so I think that's one kind of unanswered question that would definitely make me a little more careful with DJ LeMahieu uh, than the person who took him at a 12th overall, I guess, in this draft was where he went. I wouldn't have been able to take him over Turner. I think it's hard to pass up that much speed. I wouldn't have been able to take him over Bellinger or Francisco Lindor. Those guys went with the first two picks of round two. So, I, I, look, I'm saying there's at least a chance you could consider him at the one-two turn, but that was just a jarring pick when it happened. Yeah, and I can uh, definitely see that pick standing out. Uh, although it's a little bit of deja vu here because uh, I certainly remember a lot of people saying uh, that LeMahieu's numbers weren't going to translate outside of Coors Field, but, you know, still went to a pretty offensive friendly park that, as you said, um, you know, matches his, his style of hitting really well. I will say the one that really stood out to me looking at, um, the, the portion of the draft board that you've shared with me here is Luis Robert going late in the third round. Um, the 11th pick in the third round. Um, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily bad value, uh, but just, you know, given the pattern of recency bias that you and I have both noted and Robert really tailing off in the latter part of the season, it just surprised me. I think the thing that carries his value is he backs up the power with speed and you can make a pretty good argument. You at least talk yourself into the idea that 
since he draws some walks, he could bring the K rate down right away in year two. And maybe it would have come down in a full season as a rookie. The approach is very aggressive. Uh, I think if he hadn't cooled off at the end of the season, he definitely would not have been there as an option in the back half around three. I think somebody would have taken him probably as a top 25 overall sort of player because of the tools and just because of the, the fast start that he was off to. I think it's an extremely difficult choice to make early. I'm inclined to say, if I had to make a call on it for all of 2021 right now, if you said the ADP for Luis Roberts going to be pick 35, I'm probably out at that price. But as always in October, I reserve the right to change my mind upon further review. Well, yeah, and I got a little bit of a reality check in terms of how I value him and similar uh, outfielders because, uh, as I mentioned, I'm in the midst of my uh, too early mock. I'm on the 15-16 uh, turn and waiting for my third and fourth round picks and want, and I'm the you know stocking my queue with a lot of outfielders since I didn't get one in either of my first two picks, and um, I put uh, Tucker ahead of Robert and I also put uh, Eloy Jimenez ahead of him. And both were drafted after Robert in your uh, in your draft. Yeah, I mean, I think Jimenez is a safer hitter by far, right? The hit tool is more advanced. Um, he's not going to steal bases, so that's going to be one thing that continues to drive Robert earlier than Jimenez in some rooms. Tucker, I think, is maybe the guy I like the most of the three because he does give you something in every category. I don't think he's a batting average liability. Uh, we've seen... In parts of two seasons now, 269 and 268, I think that 141 that he hit back when he debuted is a total outlier. So we're starting to get a better picture of what exactly he's going to bring to the table. Uh, I love that he was chipping in with speed, though, as much as he did in the shortened season. I think there were some people who were concerned that the Astros, as that core has aged, have stopped running. Tucker is proving that he can definitely contribute that. I see him as probably a 25-plus homer, 20-steal sort of player going into 2021 absolutely absolutely has that uh, potential so uh well uh perhaps we'll come back to this and we'll certainly come back to the two early mocks uh, a little bit later this week uh but for now that's going to wrap it up for this episode of fantasy baseball in 15 if you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review we'd greatly appreciate it if you take the time to do that for derek van riper i'm al melchior and we'll be back here on wednesday <laughs>